You Jake Sully? I'd like to talk to you about a fresh start on a new world. You'd be making a difference. I became a Marine for the hardship. I told myself I can pass any test a man can pass. All I ever wanted was a single thing worth fighting for. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not in Kansas anymore. You are on Pandora. You should see your faces. Hello and welcome to the season five premiere of the Weekly Reel podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week, what is old is new again as Jeremy and I talk about the epic 2009 James Cameron film Avatar, as well as our experience watching it in IMAX 3D during the re-release from this past weekend since we are recording this episode on a Tuesday September 27th. Uh, that uh, re-release was last Friday, and that was pretty fun to be able to... to well, I hadn't been to the movies in a while, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty interesting to see it in... I'd never seen Avatar in 3D before. It was cool. IMAX 3D. Could have done without the crying baby, though. Oh, yeah, that was weird. I was like, wait, is that happening in the movie? I forgot. <laughs> it's, been, it's, been, it's been 13 years. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a baby behind Jake Sully's wheelchair. In that scene. <laughs> I was like, wait, I, at first I was, I thought I was hearing things. And then I was like, wait, is that a part of the movie? And then I was like, wait, no, that's a crying baby. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Uh, well, obviously this is our first podcast episode in, in a couple of months. Uh, so I wanted to take the time to kind of welcome you back, Jeremy, because I want to welcome myself back to yeah, this whole back. this little project that we <laughs> that we've started. Five uh, it's seasons. been yeah, it's five. It's I can't believe it's already been our, uh, it's our fifth season that we're kicking off right now. Yeah, out of the dust of 2020 came the Weekly Real podcast. I know, I know, and we've uh, well, we've hit two calendar years. Um, and that's when we did, uh, we started in early August of 2020. And so, um, obviously I wanted to take this time, uh, well, during our season five premiere to kind of get the audience caught up with what we're doing. And I thought it'd be fun if I asked, you know, ask you a question, cause you don't know what I'm going to ask. I, I, I no did idea. preface this, um, to you before we started recording, but Jeremy, uh, the question I wanted to ask you is in one word. How would you describe your hiatus? Ooh, that's... Uh, One pr- word. Productive. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, do you want to elaborate on the productive? Uh, I finally released uh, my short film, The End of Yesterday. I think yeah. that was... <laughs> I kept pu- uh, uh, pushing that back. I was promoting it last season on season four of the podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to come out in early... 2022 and that did not happen and uh for a good reason though because i think i pulled better performances from the uh from one of the actors so i think it was worth it in the end yeah i remember uh you were kind of giving me 
the uh i guess like it's like okay i don't know like i wasn't really happy with uh with some of his lines i remember it and uh when you finally did release it i was trying to think about it from that perspective that very critical perspective and i can attest to you because i did listen to uh watch and listen to uh jeremy's short film the end of yesterday uh, which is out now on youtube we'll we'll link it in <laughs> we'll link it <laughs> yeah, in the episode notes thank you. um it's really good. The performances were really good. They're well done. I don't want to give anything away. You just got to go watch it. Um, so, yeah, it's. I could see how productive would be the best way to describe your hiatus. Yeah, trying to, trying to be creative. Maybe I should have chose creative, but whatever. <laughs> how about you? Would you describe your hiatus um, the same? <laughs> no, <busy>. well... <laughs> Yeah, well, I, w- I was thinking busy, but I think the overall, what if I had to choose one word, the one that came to the forefront would be exhausting. Mm. Um, it's been, I don't know, it, the work has really just kicked my ass. Um, it's just gotten thrown into overdrive and it really hasn't stopped just yet. But I don't want to rant about that here. <laughs> I will say that uh, I have sprinkled in some fun. Um, you know, I got to do a few day trips, some road trips uh, during the hiatus, and it it basically kickstarted. And I don't know, it it's I I've started to scratch that itch that I've been wanting to do with you know editing and creating content. So I'm starting off on a smaller scale, smaller than Jeremy anyway, in terms of just kind of editing and having fun with creating reels and TikToks. And yes, I have created a TikTok. So <laughs> Go um, check it out. I guess the I guess my one productive thing for the for the hiatus. So yeah. It's that I guess that's my one creative thing that that I got going the last few several weeks actually. Yeah, everyone go check out Ken's TikTok. He has something yeah. I don't have a TikTok. I mean I do, <laughs> but there's nothing on it. So Go check out his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 uh, plug everything a little bit later on today. But um, again, I just want to remind everyone. I th- I want to say for each season so far, we've introduced something new. Obviously, season one, everything was brand new. Season two, we kind of you know we're kind of actually from season two to season four, we were kind of messing around with the formats. We included starting a brand new show, adding a second show. Um, And so for season five, you know, we're basically keeping along the same lines of what our previous four seasons were in that we're trying to do something new to keep the Weekly Reel podcast fresh. And so keeping along with the what is old is new again theme, I wanted to let everyone know what's kind of what to expect for this season of the Weekly Real podcast. And so, um, you know, for Jeremy and I, Jeremy's back in school. He just literally started yesterday. Yep. <laughs> and for me, again, work has been really busy uh, volume wise. Uh, and I guess to keep this train going, because I think Jeremy agrees with me. The Weekly Real podcast is really an escape and it really does keep like, uh, I don't know, keeps me grounded and it keeps my focus and keeps me productive. And I feel like when it whenever it's podcast season, I feel like I, I don't know, I feel better about myself. I don't know about you. Yeah, there's something about the podcast that does 
feel like an escape. There's always something like look to look forward to during the week. And uh, it, that's the one thing uh, about hiatuses. Hiatus I? Whatever. Hiatus I? Hiatus I? Anyway, is that there's something a little bit missing. Just talking about movies every week is like cathartic. It is because I mean it's one of the passions that we do that we both share, and yeah, I mean just to be able to watch a movie. I I know that I guess there wasn't that many movies, really. I guess marquee movies that came out during the hiatus. But one of the movies that I kind of wanted to talk to you about was Bullet Train. Hmm. Maybe we'll create dedicate an episode to it. Maybe we won't, but maybe we'll just talk about it offline. But I don't know, like. It was, this podcast was kind of missing for me. Just, I don't know, interacting with you, interacting with our guests. And I feel like, I don't know, like with our lives outside of the podcast, I think that kind of dominated, uh, well, well, my my side of things, I guess. But just to kind of give you an update on, to give everyone an update on this podcast, just to make it so that, we prioritize this for the long term. One thing we sometimes we have to do is kind of take a step back. And I think this season for both Jeremy and I, just because we are really busy with uh, with other aspects of our life, to be able to do this long term, we needed to scale back. And so unfortunately, for fans of the newsreel, we won't be doing weekly editions of the newsreel. Yeah, no more, no more full episodes of the newsreel. No, yeah, for now. But that's not to say that we're completely getting rid of the newsreel. If something huge happens, it could be like uh, San Diego Comic Con or a huge like announcement uh, with what MC, the MCU, any mm. any other movies that we do like to cover here on the Weekly Reel podcast. We'll do special editions of the newsreel. It, we still will jump back on that whenever the opportunity gives but uh gives us so but as far as on week in week out basis we decided that we're just gonna stick to the main show which is our more popular show let's be honest and we like talking about movies and we like dissecting movies but in a nice compromise we decided to change up our ritual a little bit so for this I guess for this season and maybe for the foreseeable future, we're, we're actually going to call it the, because we can't really think of a, a better name. We're calling it the ritual 2.0. For all right, now. Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll think of something maybe. Ritual yeah. So 2.0. Yes. For the ritual 2.0 um, working title, we decided to, I guess, come up with a, I guess a more streamlined segment similar to what we did on the newsreel. And so for this first version of the Ritual 2.0, uh, Jeremy, I mean, I am the TV guy and I brought a TV topic for the Ritual 2.0. And so hmm. I told Jeremy ahead of time that it will center around She-Hulk. So here's my question regarding She-Hulk attorney at law, Jeremy. So on the Commodus scale, I came up with this just today, the okay. Commodus scale. Commodus, for those of you who don't know, is the character that Joaquin Phoenix plays in the movie Gladiator. Mm. On the Commodus 
scale. And I'm t- doing the whole side thing. Was it the, the thumbs yeah, sideways, the thumb, yeah. I guess? Sideways so, thumb? Yeah, sideways thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Are you giving the first six episodes of She-Hulk a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Okay, so it's a little bit weird uh, to not go into too much depth, I guess. Because this is only based on the first six episodes. We've only, on, at the time of this recording, we've only, six episodes are only available to us. Uh, out of nine. Out of nine. I would have to give it a thumbs down, honestly. It's it's weird because they're easily digestible in my in my opinion. Oh, like, I can easily watch them. It doesn't really get boring, but it doesn't really get exciting either. It's kind of just there. Mm-hmm. Um. So overall, it's kind of just like, I can watch it, but I don't see myself re-watching it. So I would probably go with thumbs down. Yeah. I unfortunately have to agree with you because I think the way I would describe it, similar to what you just were describing, is that I like how it's kind of lighthearted. It feels more like a sitcom where it's like, you know, you kind of jump in. It's a really casual watch. You don't really have to like try to dissect it, you know, mm-hmm. like try to watch breakdowns and try to dissect whatever there's like, oh, try to speculate for, you know, like the overall bigger picture of the MCU. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that where it's more of a background show. But at the same time, just because I think we're, I guess, I don't know. I feel like we're, we haven't had anything major happen in a while because even recently with Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. I feel like that was kind of confined to its own thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't if, like... Oh, go ahead. Even if you don't have like an overarching story, I think to have, especially in a superhero show, interesting villains, I, at least. Yeah. I like Titania, not doing it for me. Not really interesting at all. The problems that she's like kind of having to go with, Jennifer Walters, is kind of like... I, I I like the lawyer stuff honestly the the most, but other than that, it's like the She Hulk side of it's kind of like mad to me, which is weird because it's like yeah. okay, the lawyer stuff is more interesting. Yeah, I I feel like going into this uh, show, I didn't have any expectations, and so when the first episode, maybe even the first two episodes, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, this might be a really good show, but the last really four episodes and I was a little disappointed in some of the cameos. I, I felt like it could have, I don't know. I felt like the storyline could have been a little bit more, I guess, epic with, and I guess we'll spoil it here with the cameos. We had Wong. We've had, um, Oh my goodness. Uh, Abomination. Oh, what was uh, his name? Blonsky. Blonsky, yes. Yeah. Blon- Emil Blonsky Emil. make his re- triumphant return from <laughs> The Incredible Hulk. And then, obviously, we we haven't seen episode 7, 8, or 9, but we're already anticipating the uh, the appearance of Matt Murdock as mm-hmm. Daredevil. Yeah, there really hasn't been anything to hold my attention. I'll, I'll finish this season. It's uh, For me, it's not like... Halo, I hate to say it, where I want it makes me want to bail on the show. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that point yet. Uh-huh. It's just entertaining enough for me to at least finish this first season. And, you know, I feel like with Matt Murdock 
possibly showing up in these last three episodes, uh, I think uh, it has a potential to be thumbs in the middle by the end. But mm. we'll see. Okay, yeah. I mean, with Matt Murdock, though, I wish that they didn't show him in the trailer because, yeah. or like before the show premiered, because I was expecting him in like at least in the first three episodes. <laughs> so <laughs> now they're the dragging only, it out, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's the only reason really why I'm watching the show. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. No. That's what's kind of disappointing. Yeah. And obviously, I, f- I completely forgot one major um, cameo, obviously, Bruce Banner. And I feel like that's the reason why I did enjoy it. Um, I mean, there's certain aspects of the first ep- uh, first couple episodes where it's like, oh, come on, Smart Hulk. Why mm-hmm. Smart Hulk? We, well, I want to see regular Hulk. <laughs> I want him to Hulk out, be his normal thing. But I don't think they want to give us that ever again. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Well, anyway, um, that's our first edition of The Ritual 2.0. We'll, I guess, stay tuned for the rest of Season 5. You know, I don't know, maybe when Jeremy hosts, maybe we'll have a movie topic. Maybe I'll do a bonus movie topic. But we'll we'll visit that as soon as we uh, get to those uh, episodes coming up here in Season 5. But for those of you who... We're anticipating, I guess, the original OG ritual. I mean, we are still going to be doing those. But we are going to have the OG ritual or, I guess, I guess, movie or TV reviews actually on our TikTok. We're going to try to see if we can kind of get everyone flocked over to our TikTok. And so uh, for those of you who want to follow our TikTok, where can, how can they do that, Jeremy? So if you want to find our TikTok, it's going to be at Weekly Real Pod. And yeah, so me and Ken will be making like our ritual, which is like the notable movie or TV show. We'll be putting that on TikTok and then on Instagram, Ken, yes. that's our recast, right? Yeah, we're, we're doing recasts. We're going to do those on Instagram Reels where we're going to, you know, come up with, uh, I guess, we'll create video clips from each of the main sh- uh, each of the main shows and we'll put that on Instagram and how do they follow us there? That's going to be at Weekly Real. So no pod on that one. Just add the pod to the TikTok one. You'll find us. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll put all that information on the episode notes. And so, Jeremy, this week, Jake Sully, a paraplegic, uh, paraplegic Marine, decides to take his deceased brother's place in a mission that sends him to a planet called Pandora. Jake Sully is asked to infiltrate an indigenous race called the Navi using an avatar to help mine a very valuable, uh, actually very valuable resource in the 2009 James Cameron film Avatar. And so here is your, I guess, 13 year spoiler warning. Um, I mean, Jeremy and I just watched the Mm re-release again, uh, just like we said uh, this past weekend on what, September 23rd? Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's a limited release. We did watch it on IMAX 3D, which was probably my first IMAX 3D movie since Avatar. Since, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> since the first Avatar. Yeah, I haven't seen Avatar since probably it was out in theaters. I remember yeah. like it being like pretty good, but I didn't really yeah. remember any like story details. It was like, never seen it before. <sighs> Yeah, and we'll definitely get into like some of our thoughts on there, um, on, on the movie itself, the experience. I mean, we talked about the the crying baby, 
<laughs> and so, but before we do that, I just we just want to remind everyone that just because Disney did release Avatar in theaters, it's well, it's usually available to stream on Disney Plus, but for now, uh, it is available to rent on the usual platforms like Amazon, Apple, YouTube, uh, Redbox, etc. So let's get right into the double feature, Jeremy. And for those of you don't, who don't remember, this is where I bring a topic question for Jeremy. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask and vice versa. He has a question that I don't know what he's going to ask. And so for my half of the double feature, Jeremy, we kept talking about it. Uh, <laughs> our experiences uh, watching it on IMAX 3D. I think we were both surprised with how much we forgot <laughs> from this movie, yeah. <laughs> judging from our conversations uh, right after the movie, <laughs> I, th- I thought that was pretty funny, dude. If only we we could record, you know what what our experiences were fresh out of the movie theater. But my question to you, Jeremy, is good or bad? What was the one thing that surprised you the most upon this latest rewatch? Ooh, I mean, what surprised me the most? I think maybe Stephen Lang's character. <laughs> I think of how it's almost like he's in his own world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the writing, I think, because at the time it came out, I was about 13 or something like that. And so it was like the writing was sometimes like really cheesy. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. I did not. Obviously, as like a 13-year-old, are you really paying too close attention to the writing not too much i'm like it's oh it's like it's funny and all that stuff but uh there was a like huge contrast between some scenes between like uh i guess mostly the humans and then the what are they called the navi so it's um yeah i feel like the thing that surprised me the most was kind of the ups and downs of the writing it's for the most it's still good but it's like some dialogue i was like whoa especially coming from Stephen lang's character yeah, i remember uh there were scenes during throughout the movie where i think we kept looking at each other like with your brother because we watched it with jeff um jeremy's brother and he's been on this podcast a, a couple of times on wonder woman 1984 our favorite <laughs> movie ever to <laughs> ever grace the screen yeah it's it's the best movie, but yeah, he was that on that uh, podcast episode as well as our um, no Spider Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. There were times when during the movie where we just kept, I don't know, just looking at each other because of how bad the the dialogue was at certain parts, or it was like, wow, I can't believe they said that. It was really cheesy or super or, cliche. Or what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it was it just I don't know. I was just like, wow, they what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, pretty horrible. Why do they do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like visually everything holds up. Like like people have said in the past before, this is pretty much uh, Disney's Pocahontas, but they're blue and on, on Pandora. Yeah. I, I Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's still a gorgeous film. I mean, that's, I mean, obviously we'll talk about the cinematography a little bit later on in this episode, but I feel like, the thing that surprised me the most, 
what some of the characters I completely because I did I didn't do any research. I knew we were gonna talk about Avatar the re-release for the uh for the premiere because we kind of decided that kind of last minute actually. Yeah. But I didn't look at the cast. I didn't look at anything IMDb related until after the movie. And I think we had talked about this post movie. I completely forgot that Sigourney Weaver was in this movie. Same. And I completely <laughs> forgot that uh, Michelle Rodriguez was in this movie. So when I first saw Sigourney Weaver, I was like, oh, shoot. Uh, obviously, I made the connection be- between aliens and James Cameron. Yeah. And then um, I was just like, wow. That's pretty cool just to be able to kind of see that. It's like, where's where's Arnold in this movie? Yeah, I know. <laughs> where's Linda Hamilton? <laughs> One could only wish. Maybe in uh, Way of Water. Yeah, Way of Water. He'll be, uh, he'll be like an extra at least or whatever. Yeah, I'm hoping he's more on the Navi. Imagine Arnold Blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can, actually. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, e- even seeing Michelle Rodriguez, for me... Just because I'm a huge Halo fan. I mean, the video game, not the show. Mm-hmm. For now, for now, Hopefully I'll, I'll for give now. it another, yeah, I'll give it another shot for season two on Paramount Plus, not sponsored. I was surprised that I saw that Michelle Rodriguez appeared out of nowhere. And she basically kind of played her same character, but she reminded me of how she used to voice one of the Marines in halo 2 Mm -hmm. and so it felt like i was playing halo 2 for a little while especially with some of the shots of them landing on pandora and then them going through the jungle and all that stuff and so and then i think later on we were just surprised that both characters died (laughs) spoiler alert yeah yeah um (laughs) but it it, it was the manner in which they died i completely forgot that (laughs) that uh sigourney weaver's character uh, dies when we thought she was gonna live, and then I thought Michelle Rodriguez kind of just dies just all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Sigourney Weaver. I forgot her name, but um, she's supposed to get transferred right into her avatar body, but then she passes away before it's fully like transferred or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that oh, it's like oh, she's gonna survive. Like I remember at the end of this movie, she's like walking around in her body or whatever. I'm like. She dies, what the heck? And then, like you said, uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character is kind of just, like, flying around, covering Jake Sully and all that stuff. And then I thought she was going to, like, jump out of the plane or whatever. Then she just blows up because Stephen Lang blows her up, I think. Yeah, because right before that, they she was like, oh, I got I to gotta bug out because, like, she was getting, like, basically surrounded. She was like, all right, well... I can't support you guys anymore. I'm I I felt like she was just going to uh, I don't know, escape or whatever and then we'll see her later on, you know, when they when they eventually win, right? Cuz yeah. it's one of those movies where the good guys win. But then all of a sudden the like the very next like cut a, cut to her her character and they're just like, "Oh, slow motion and then missiles and that whole Pella whatever helicopter or yeah yeah the pelican no i'm just kidding pelican. about halo <laughs> yeah the pelican blows up from halo yeah see now um in avatar 6 they're gonna reveal that um letty i mean michelle rodriguez escaped <laughs> <laughs> and she had amnesia and she, she couldn't, forget. She she amnesia. couldn't remember <laughs> exactly oh shoot but yeah uh, my question for the double feature, I guess it's a little bit more general. Um, 
Because at the end of this movie, we went outside and then we heard one of the, maybe he's a dad or whatever, talking, because he was with a bunch of kids, probably brought like another one of his dad friends and brought his kids and all that, whatever. It's like, oh, this is like, they were standing by the poster and all that stuff. It's like, this is the movie uh, when your dad was a kid. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, how old is this movie? What is this? But just to think about that, this movie is 13 years old. That's yeah. nuts to me. So uh, what do you think resonated about the movie in 2009 that made it so popular? Um, I, I First, the visuals. I think that's the easiest thing just mm-hmm. because it is... I mean, uh, I think we were talking about it. I, was, I feel like when the, the, the credits were rolling... Well, let's... Oh, uh, sorry. You know what? For those right? of you who actually did the... Uh, the um, the re re release. They actually showed a an extended clip of w- the way of water, which was pretty cool. Uh, we won't spoil that, but after that aired, um, and we were and we got the actual legit credits. Uh, I remember you, Je- uh, Jeffrey, and I were talking about how gorgeous this movie was. It was just like obviously dealing with two thousand nine technology or two thousand eight or whenever this movie was in production it, it was it's just an updated version of it because we got to compare what the way water will potentially look like compared to two um to 2009 avatar and i felt it's i feel like if this was a actual brand new release i would say that this is still like a really amazing looking film mm. i felt like the fact that 13 years have passed and you know how techno you know how technology changes from year to year sometimes where it's like oh you can see a little you know a jump or even 5 years is like a huge jump 2009 to 2022 you could tell certain things have changed but man 2009 technology still looks really good yeah yeah uh, my follow up question actually was uh if it was released today do you think it would be as loved like let's say we've never seen Avatar before, and in 2022 we drop the first Avatar. I, I feel like the just, visuals hold up, but do you think people would still pay attention to it today? Um, I think it it won't be as popular. Uh, I think just because of woke culture, cancel culture now, um, there's going to be like you know certain things that it would get more. Um, I, I think it would, they they would find more nits to pick i always screw that up uh but yeah (laughs) i feel like it wouldn't be as popular it would still make a ton of money globally and i feel like that's where the majority of the um the money will come in for the way of water i feel like globally worldwide it'll be a huge phenomenon but here in america just because now we're you know we we got the the MCU. We've got other franchises that have come out since then. Because if you think about two thousand nine, the MCU, like we were still what we two yeah. films in, yeah, and uh, and Iron Man, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like there's just been so many like blockbusters since then where it's kind of blown our mind. I feel like. Uh, James Cameron will have to have something up his sleeve 
And I don't know if people are ready for a three-hour movie, potentially. So I don't think... Uh, I think it'll be pop. I, Avatar would be popular if it was released in 2022. I don't think it would make as much money as it did back in 09. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. Uh, some of the things I think that made it so popular, I, like rewatching it, I was actually really impressed by the pacing of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was like, how is this not that rewatchable? I think there are some scenes where it's like, like a lot of the middle section, the word is like training or whatever. It's like, yeah, I can kind of skip over those. But the beginning and the end, there was like, yeah, I'm like, this is really good. No wonder people like left. You can leave the movie feeling satisfied. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that's one of the main things uh, I feel like people would have liked in 2009 or 2008. Sorry. And, um, but today, would the visual still wow as much? Because I remember watching it and obviously it looks beautiful. So some stuff looks kind of waxy sometimes, maybe some of the animation. But at the same time, we were watching in 3D. Frame rate's a little weird. Sometimes like super smooth. When I don't yeah. really like that super smoothness. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. And Give me 24 frames per second, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and ho- hopefully Way of Water doesn't lean on 3D. Um, but today, I don't... I think it'll still do well because it's James Cameron. I feel like people... It's He's one of those directors that I think people st- might still... I, he hasn't released anything in a long time, though. It's he hasn't Avatar. released much. But I feel like he's still one of those names where it's you can get excited for the director. Um, it's it's an event, pretty much. It's kind of like Christopher Nolan, right? Where it's it's an event to see this director's movie. So for his name to just be at the director helm, because I was thinking about Alita Battle Angel, which James Cameron was only a producer on. It, was, it looked really good and all that stuff, and it was a good story, but it didn't really do that well. At the box mm-hmm. office, and not really well here domestically, so I feel like that's going to be about the same thing for Way of Water. I could be wrong though. Yeah i I think the thing that Avatar: The Way of Water has going for it in a few months, in a couple months, few months, is that I don't think anything will go up against it. I don't think there's any other heavy hitters looking at the the future release schedule that will actually challenge it. So I feel like the way of water, even though it's a longer run run time, uh, potentially I, I keep hearing that James Cameron doesn't want to cut anything out. He wants to eventually have this be a three hour movie ish. We'll see what the, they haven't announced that, right? The final, I don't think time? so. Yeah. We can bet but, it being long. Yeah. I don't I I don't think it it will go up against anything and uh again you'll have the whole um yeah basically people that were are fans of James Cameron will come in and I guess it would depend on if it's good or not obviously so at least then it would be word of mouth and then that whole thing we'll see if it has staying power I don't think it will have enough to kind of dethrone some of the uh blockbusters this year because obviously you know it's coming out so late in the year uh but it will make a dent uh, a pretty big dent i think in in the box office this year yeah i think that would be pretty good i mean i don't think 
Wakanda Forever. I think there's enough space between that and Avatar, where Avatar could probably put a dagger in uh, uh, Black Panther's theatrical release, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, but it's all it's all all going into Disney's pocket. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, we, we, we've been just talking about the re-release of Avatar. And, you know, since Jeremy and I just re-watched it in IMAX 3D, Jeremy, I wanted to ask you, on the I Love You 3000 scale of 1 to 3000, how much are you anticipating Avatar The Way of Water? Which will, which will be a movie that we cover here in Season 5 of the, of the podcast. Yeah, for me, I'm going to give it a 2400 out of 3000. So, a solid... Yeah. <laughs> same it's like just 80 percent. it's like i'm not super excited uh the sneak peek footage that they showed us looked cool didn't really get me that excited though yeah that high frame rate i i still have problems with it um but that's just a per- personal preference it did look really nice though you could tell the difference between 09 versus 2022 yeah, technology i hope so. <laughs> so so yeah i know so good um yeah i'm around 2400 but i will say this I think before watching Avatar um, this past Friday and then getting that little sneak peek, I was really only at about a 2,000 to 2,100 mm. range. Yeah. But it, it so it did raise it up to that 80% level. So, yeah, that's where I kind of am right now. And so um, if you want to weigh in on what your anticipatory, is that a word? Um, levels are with avatar the way of water if you want to let us know email us you know what we're getting email us you know we want to have you guys send us um, the longest paragraph or paragraphs of what you think uh, the your anticipatory levels will be for Avatar The Way of Water. So what is our email address, so Jeremy? our email is going to be in the episode notes because I forgot them again. Oh, shoot. Okay. Well, right? I have it here on my <laughs> personal notes. Uh-huh. Uh, let me actually make sure that I'm reading this properly. It is called Weekly Real Pod, just like our TikTok weekly real pod at gmail.com so jeremy let's take a quick break all right welcome back from the break and jeremy Let's give out our first batch of weekly real awards for season five. And so we haven't given out this choice in a while. But since we're talking about an 09 movie, especially with the sequel right around the corner, a little bit later on this season, I thought it would be fun to kind of give the choice of either giving away the Marissa Tomei slash Aunt May Award for what has aged well. Or the Happy Hogan Mullet Memorial Award for what has not aged well. So, Jeremy, which um, which award are you giving out, and who would you give it to? Uh, well, I, I was really having to think which one I wanted to give, because I feel like there's a lot of things that age well with the movie. So I was trying to think of something that did not age well. Uh, and I would have to say it's the relationship between Jake Sully and Natiri. Because... When I was thinking back on it, I thought it was like really like good chemistry and all that, like super endearing. But I'm like, dang, Jake Sully is not—he was so messed up. 
And how can you like how can you forgive him after all that? Like he knew. And I think there's even a scene when he's like talking with Stephen Lang's character, the colonel guy, as a human. He's like, Oh yeah, like uh, there's a little swirly thing inside the tree, you know, if you bomb it there, you know, like it'll all come like crashing down and all that stuff. So it's like if I was in the tree, how could you ever like basically like the genocide of her people like forgive him for that? I feel like it's yeah. it, for her to forgive him so quickly at the end, I think is a bit weird. Yeah, it was based on everything was based on a lie. Because you could tell that really in the beginning, he was just trying to infiltrate, right? And mm. you're going to do or say stuff um, to to try to get this person or even the, the rest of the, uh, the Navi just to trust you, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not really playing your true self. Yeah, later on, we get to see his true self i guess kind of shine through or whatever and yeah they they had a little bit of chemistry or whatever but everything was built on a lie and so it's uh kind of to kind of break it down into you know like our terms i guess it would be like when you're trying to you know impress like someone and sometimes you're not your full self you're trying to get them to like you a little bit and i feel like the more you try to fake uh being someone that you're not the more I guess the higher probability of it not working out because then mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually they will see the, your true self. And then, um, you know, then, I mean, I feel like the best relationships and it's not even like uh, romantic relationships. It could be like just friendships and everything are based off of being your true self from the very beginning and having that natural chemistry, um, like built up over time, you know, through shared experiences. And I feel like everything was based on a lie. And I come, I really do agree with you. I didn't really think about it now that you bring that up. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. Didn't think about that. Yeah. Something about the Navi accepting him at the end of the movie when he's like, yeah, this is our land. And I'm yeah. like, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It was weird though, that he ended up becoming the de facto leader. I, I, if if he were really thing, he should have still, um, de- uh, what do you call it? Deferred to Natiri, I think, in my opinion, because they were they were looking to him for like, uh, I guess, being the general or whatever. Even though, really, he shouldn't be. There was like no, he he backstabbed them. He betrayed them. Yeah, um, I mean, he did fly in in that like orange dragon thing, and then he gave his speech, and then he, um basically deferred to i keep forgetting his name uh mother's milk no yeah mother's milk his name <laughs> Laz- 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 oh no sute sute is that his name sute oh, yeah, yeah, yeah t-s-u right. and then tay yeah he uh, actually, he's like i'll follow whatever you want to do so he yeah. i guess he kind of did but we didn't really get to see him do much like in terms of giving commands yeah 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 i don't know I felt like they could have established more of the other characters, not just, not just uh, Natiri. I felt like she was mainly the most fleshed out character of the Navi, and then, and the and then you really only pay attention to the to everyone else by proxy. You know, the mom, the dad, the betrothed, and <laughs> yeah. it's just 
you know, they're distinguishing features. You just know them by sight, but you don't really get to know like their, you know, their motivations and everything. It, they're very plastic characters. Felt like they could have changed that, especially yeah. given the long run time. Yeah. I mean, I guess they were really trying to focus on kind of the fish out of water scenario for Jake Sully, I guess. Yeah. Well, for me, I'll go the other direction. And I, I feel like this one's going to be a fun one, though. Um, I'll give out the Marissa Tomei slash Aunt May Award for what has aged well. And only because I pointed it out during the movie. I, f- <laughs> I feel like uh, Jake's video logs have aged really well because it's... <laughs> We, I think we're fans of YouTube, Casey Neistat, among other YouTubers with video logs or vlogs. <laughs> and yeah. So I just thought it was funny that they called it that because that's what it really is. But it's, yeah, I've never heard of video logs <laughs> in, in quite some time. And to be able to see the infancy, even though obviously it, it's supposed to take place in the future, but it's 2009 when it actually came out, the movie like oh shoot were vlogs a thing back in 09 i guess not yeah i mean not not easily accessible i guess but yeah next in way of water it's gonna be like fully edited with quick cuts (laughs) (laughs) what do you call that uh you get time lapses (laughs) drone shots (laughs) yeah yeah i see that's one aspect of the movie i actually really liked for some i like because they did this in the martian too with Matt Damon. Exactly. And I like <laughs> Thank you for bringing that I up. I <laughs> like the video logs in, in both those movies. So it's yeah. I hope they continue it in Way of Water, but I doubt it. Well, and you know what? I uh in addition to Martian, I just recently watched um in, in Interstellar because I feel like for every off season I like to watch some Christopher Nolan to get ready for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And Interstellar was something I watched like three or four days ago. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily like a full-on vlog, but, you know, they had like the video messages that they would send. And uh, yeah, it was kind of similar in that regard. But, you know, them actually recording a message, sending it off to space and everything. And so I got those vibes as well um, during Avatar. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully video logs return. Yes, I love video logs. (laughs) They should do, uh, they should have a platform where they... Uh, make those very popular yeah we'll call it um video tube yeah yeah or maybe maybe me tube sounds kind of weird <laughs> yeah or maybe youtube oh yeah nah it's all about you i don't think that's uh, i don't think it'll catch on ah uh, okay now you're right <laughs> anyway let's move on to our <laughs> next our next award which is the i am Groot award for favorite character Jeremy, who is your favorite character? So I was kind of trashing on this character a while ago, but I'm going to go with Stephen Lang's character, <laughs> Colonel. <laughs> Qu- it was Qu- all the one-liners, wasn't it? <laughs> it was the one-liners. I'm like, I remember. Okay, as a kid, I remember like he was the most memorable character for me because just because he was like that stereotypical military guy that was like barking orders, and he was like, I remember him being funny. Yeah, and like. I want to kill all these aliens, whatever like that. It's like, it's, I don't know. For some reason, I, I liked it back then. I still like it now. It's super corny, but mm-hmm. it works for me for some reason. <laughs> it gives that, that, um, you know, that 80s, 90s kind of feel to that character 
yeah, it kind of sticks out a little bit <laughs> in terms of the movie, but I feel like it, it kind of the movie kind of needs that a little bit to give it a little bit of character. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, and you could tell that. Uh, I guess they portray- portrayed him as someone's just kind of off the rails a little bit. Um, obviously, he's got a distinct, uh, distinct look to him and the fact that he mans that i don't know what they call it i i feel like calling it what pacific <laughs> referencing pacific rim yeah. during during the movie the jaegers yeah <laughs> yeah um and i they did the whole like trope thing where he's doing the actions and like the robot was doing the actions yeah. too i was like oh god <laughs> this is pretty bad <laughs> but it's still so good <laughs> uh but yeah no Stephen lang um I forget like how memorable he was. Um, he's not my favorite character just because, I mean, I as much as I love a cheesy one-liner, I felt like he <laughs> gave a little too many of those. <laughs> I felt like he could have been a little bit more badass. I think I would probably like him a little bit more. Um, I would probably give my favorite character to Sigourney Weaver's character, Dr. Grace, just because at first, you know, she's obviously she was really passionate about um her project the avatar project Mm -hmm. and in you know just to be able to interface and you know get to know the navi and everything and and i thought she played that character really well and especially her i felt like her character had depth in the beginning where she was attached and really passionate about um the project where remember she ends up just getting jake sully just out of nowhere in she was not a fan of that and she was really mad, mm-hmm. but eventually she got to see uh, and get to know who Jake Sully is uh, and, you know, it soft, softened her stance on it. And then you could see like how, how warm of a character she is. And then I forget how heart wrenching her, her death ended up being just because, you know, you could tell that the Navi really did accept her as one of her own. Uh, one of their own and I felt like it added her character added heart to the movie where I felt like again I, I referenced it earlier I felt like some of the characters like a lot of the characters of writing was hit or miss so it felt like a lot of the characters were just kind of plastic characters they were just mm. there where she exhibited warmth and caring um, throughout the movie so yeah yeah her, see that I think that's why Maybe it's kind of weird to think that uh, the giving character of the the movie. That's why I didn't remember her dying because I don't. I didn't think that they would kill probably the mo- the most honorable character in the movie. Yeah. Felt like the least selfish one. I guess that kind of makes sense because my favorite character is probably the most opposite. Uh, <laughs> war crazy uh, about it. That's just violent. And he just shoots her. Like he's just randomly shooting all his bullets into the pelican or whatever. <laughs> and, the pelican. <laughs> and ends up killing her, so. Yep. Yep. I mean, and even the I, I completely forgot. Remember when she gets shot, she's like, oh, well well that sucks. Or I forgot what, yeah. <laughs> what her line was. <laughs> just ruined my day but, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And so I was like, oh, man. Well, she'll she'll come through. Yeah. And then I completely forgot that she ended up dying. <laughs> Damn it. But um, you know what? Let's get into our next award. It's a familiar one. And I thought it would be perfect to 
to actually give out this award for Avatars, the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. This is a almost three hour movie. A lot of scenes to choose from, Jeremy. Which scene would you choose for your favorite? Okay, so I always like you know the transition between from Act Two to Act Three, and it's gonna be the destruction of. Is it, did they call it the Tree of Life? The huge oh tree. <laughs> <laughs> the big tree in like in the movie and just when it comes i didn't remember it actually <laughs> re-watching the movie and they're shooting it right i didn't remember it actually falling so when it actually like fell and i'm like and then there was a um just like the wonder woman music yeah, um, ethereal <laughs> music oh, and all that stuff happening as like you see everyone like kind of getting crushed by everything dying from the humans i'm like dang it's it's uh obviously they're like blue navi people but it's also like american history (laughs) um unfortunately and but it's kind of like tragic in the same way where it's like man i think that's where it really hits home it's like how can how can they even forgive jake sully for doing this um Their whole, like, literally home infrastructure completely gone. They're just displaced. Exactly. All of them. And uh, just that. And then I love the shot when Jake Sully eventually like, comes up from the ashes of all that. But mm-hmm. the destruction of it is so, like, vivid mm-hmm. that uh, I think that's probably what... The imagery, I think, would... Uh, in a movie that's filled with beautiful imagery, I feel like there was something, like like uh too eye-catching about this scene Mm. okay okay for me i guess oh man there was there was a couple of uh runners up for me here i'll I'll, I'll name a couple real quick uh one of the first ones that i can remember is uh, i guess when uh jake and natiri you know they they start talking they're making their way back towards the thing and then you get the whole visuals of uh like everything kind of glowing up because they were like, Oh, how are we going to see or whatever? Everything glows up. I was like, Oh, at the time in 09, it was like, Oh man, this looks yeah. nice. And then you get the whole weird looking jellyfish looking things flying on him or whatever. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Um, another scene only because I'm watching house of the dragon and, but these aren't dragons. What are they called again? Sorry. Banshees, right? Banshees. Yeah. Yeah. Those dragon looking things, you know, any of those scenes like where they're flying and everything, I, I'm a sucker for like dragons and flight and everything. And especially when he got that red looking one, the I guess the main one mm-hmm. that everyone had, a, like it was like a ritualistic one, right? It's like uh, kind of like their unicorn or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like him riding on a, a unicorn at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool just because I don't know. I again I I like like I like how it stood for something, you know, like he was supposed to be like the chosen. He was a chosen one. Yeah. They were they were selling it very hard though. It's like you knew that yeah. he was gonna eventually capture that That's orange good, yeah. red dragon thing when they showed the skull. They told the whole backstory of like, oh my grandfather yeah. and all that stuff. It's yeah. like, oh, we know what's gonna happen. Yeah. I feel like if I had a, a another uh, knit to pick i'd probably try to i would try to uh, uh expound on that i felt i would have felt like there would there should have been more failed attempts of writing that and mounting that you know what i mean yeah i mean 
Cause it felt got, too, a little too easy. Too we, yeah, because we didn't get to see it. Because <laughs> <laughs> we saw the whole scene of him actually capturing his dragon thing, right? So it's but right. then we don't actually get to see him capture the big one. So it's yeah, it, it it didn't feel as earned when we saw him land in front of everybody. Right. It it would have been cool to see it. Uh, I, I can't think of. It's kind of a weird like analogy, but remember in Dark Knight Rises when Bruce Wayne's trying to climb out of that uh, that uh, hell on what was it the hell pit? on Earth the the prison yeah 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 and then you saw him like fail a couple times right yeah and then, yeah a bunch of times and then you get yeah so then you got to see him like try different things he's he's still working his way up and then he eventually conquers it and escapes. Um, it would have been nice if we saw something like that for the three-hour runtime. Might as well have made it three hours and ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. That we didn't need to see twenty more minutes of that. Maybe another five minutes. Yeah, ten minutes montage or something. I don't know. Yeah, I guess because they wanted to the huge reveal of him like landing and all that stuff. I guess. I guess. Anyway, here's my real. Winner of the Avengers Assemble Awards. Basically, I don't know. I feel like it's more of a symbolic thing. My favorite scene was when Jake uh, experiences being in the Avatar the first time. And obviously, he's a paraplegic um, Marine. And to be able to experience having to walk first and then he in you know has that genuine joy of being in a completely different body and then ends up it's like hey they're trying to tell him to hey you know you got to take it easy you don't want to like you know you want to kind of ease into these things and he just starts running and stuff because obviously he his normal body he can't and Mm -hmm. to see the genuine joy of him running out and enjoying like the brand new scenery of Pandora just in general. It's a whole, whole new world. Pardon my Aladdin uh, (laughs) reference. Uh, But just to be able to just enjoy something that his regular body can't, I, I really appreciated that. You know, it's like one of those heartwarming scenes. And I, I think that actually worked for me. See, yeah, that was a really good scene just because it also showed how big, the avatars mm-hmm. were compared to you know, like humans, but that scene also reminded me of another movie called RoboCop, <laughs> <laughs> but not the RoboCop that you're thinking of. RoboCop uh, 2014, uh, when he shoot. wakes up as RoboCop for the first time in 2014, and he yeah. starts like, like, what the hell am I? What did you do to me? And he starts running around as RoboCop in China. Mm-hmm. That's I had to mention that. That's what it reminded me of. I thought of that, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different robocop this time but yeah that was a good scene too just yeah i love the when he's kind of just still like a human he's not so much in like the navi culture yet i like it where he, in that in between that he was in right and and you get to see like uh within that same uh setting you got to see like uh him interact with uh grace avatar or you know that uh, grace's version of the avatar and then you know they're you know interacting they're passing fruit they're playing uh basketball which is pretty cool you you get to kind of see them grant more grounded in in a way that takes away from 
I guess the main story or whatever, where it's a little bit more heavy handed with uh, more of the themes, but you get to see them kind of enjoy the, I guess, experiences, especially his first experience of being in that avatar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't really want to be an avatar, but if I was in his position, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be able to run around uh, when your actual body can't, um, he's, I mean, it's, it's something that, uh, I mean, they foreshadowed, I mean, it's different because obviously he eventually flies, but just to be able to experience these things that uh, you normally wouldn't, you know what I mean? So I feel like that's why there are a lot of thrill seekers uh, that uh, are on this planet. You know, they like to do this skydiving. They like to do the, uh, I don't know, base jumping. What other? <laughs> Spelunking. Uh, <laughs> Spelunking. Yeah, I was like, well, what was that? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Thank you for, uh, see, you already know where I was going to go. Uh, cave diving. <laughs> Dude, we got to do, we, we got to do uh, a podcast episode on that movie. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, Jeremy, let's get right into our favorite segment of the podcast. The guests are on tomato score. And, uh, I mean, as you could see over my left shoulder, I mean, the championship belt is still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it belongs oh. <laughs> yeah it does i mean after the first two seasons i didn't think i was ever going to win this belt <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh for those of you who needed a recap of this guest ron tomato score um competition jeremy blew me out in season one he just uh, again blew me out in season two i squeaked a season three victory. I think we went down to the last episode, didn't it? Yeah. Or second to the last episode. One of those. Yeah. I think it was might have been second to the last episode. Second and last then episode, last yeah. season, it was literally yeah. to the last episode. Literally. We were tied last season going into the finale. I had a big lead, too. And I almost... I almost... <laughs> pulled, I almost uh, pulled a <laughs> I almost pulled a Falcons, actually. Oh, yeah, the 28-3 yeah. lead. Mm-hmm. That's how much I was up. I was up by like seven or eight points uh, in the last couple of weeks. And uh, geez, um, I ended up pulling out the victory. As you can see, that belt is still here. So uh, I, I guess we got uh, we got a tide break this season. Or maybe we don't because we have, I guess, another variable. We're going to officially have it so that it's not only Jeremy versus me, but we're also lumping in together all of our guests. And even though we don't have a guest for this particular episode, since we did watch this movie with uh, Jeffrey, Jeremy's brother, um, he will be our guest, the uh, the guest Rotten Tomatoes score guesser mm-hmm. on behalf of each of the guests in season five. And so, uh, again, just as a reminder, for each season, we do wipe that slate clean, just like Dark Knight Rises, right? The yeah, clean slate. Clean slate. <laughs> Too many Dark Knight <laughs> references. <laughs> yeah, and just to remind everyone, the uh, the scoring system will be similar to last season. First place will get three points. Second place will get one point. And if you fall in last place and third place on a given week, you get zero. And so... For Avatar 2009, Jeremy, do you have your brother's guess? Yep, he texted me, and his guess is 91%. Ooh, okay. Yep. How about your guess? 
my guess is going to be a little bit lower. It is 88%. Oh, I guess I am the Russian judge this week. I am guessing 86%. (sighs) Let's go check it out now. Avatar 2009 and uh, going to Rotten Tomatoes and with a tomato meter with 327 reviews. The reigning champ has taken the first week at 82%. Oh, man. It's pretty low, actually. That is pretty low. Actually, do you want to guess what the audience score is? It may surprise you. Shoot. 78. No, it's actually the same. I don't think I've ever seen it where (laughs) the the audience score is the same as a a tomato meter. It's 82% as well. I guess they liked it as much as critics did. I guess so. I guess so. So the updated season five uh, score or tally, I should say. I'm in first place again where I belong. I'm just kidding. Uh, With three. So I'm off to a good start. Hopefully we can keep this going. Uh, I I, I can't let Jeremy get into one of his grooves because once he does, I can't can't beat him. So I'm at three. Jeremy, you got second place. You're at one. And our guests, third place. Sorry, guests. They'll they'll eventually score. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully not anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to keep this. I want to keep this belt here. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, three, one to zero. And so let's give it our final episode. Sorry, final award of the episode, Jeremy. The I Love You 3000 Award, where we rate Avatar um, a rating between 1 and 3,000. So what would you give it? Uh, mine's going to be 2520 out of 3,000, so 84%. I should have probably guessed that. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> Basically what your anticipatory levels are for The Way of Water, huh? Yeah, pretty much. So it's 84%. We'll, uh, maybe I'll just listen to my gut next time. Yeah, yeah. Well, for mine, you know, I'm going to take a little bit just for this episode. I'll take uh, not to the degree that our season four guest, Caesar Evangelista from the Godfather episode. Remember, he broke it down into various categories. Yeah, <laughs> That's a lot of categories. I won't go in, into that much depth, but based off of the visuals, I felt like the visuals still hold. It's kind mm-hmm. of in the 90 percent kind of range. Yeah, still an A. Still an A for me. Um, with the writing, it was, I thought it was pretty bad. <laughs> like, a, I felt like it was in the 50s, like the 55 range. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of averaged those out with the writing. And then the story wasn't, it was kind of average. I think, uh, I think that's what I remember the most from 09, it not blowing me away. So averaging all those out, my rating is about 2163, about 72%, 72.1% mm. to be exact. So still still legit fresh, but yeah. it's nothing special. I feel like this would probably be right around my rating in 09. I probably would like it a little bit more. I think it's just, you know, over time, I think uh, that's just how I rate movies now. Yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. You should uh, criticize this one pretty hard. It is a very popular movie. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe I just went into it super like 
low expectations kind of weird way to say it's like oh yeah, yeah sam worthington's better than i remember yeah yeah i mean you know what uh that i didn't mind sam Wor- yeah. worthington's uh thing i thought he was I mean, he was pretty good See, i thought he was like from my memory i thought he was horrible but then we're watching yeah. it again i'm like oh yeah not bad you kind of you could kind of see what he was in him he was just there i mean they plugged him in and then all of a sudden he he was a fan of the navi i could see it <laughs> <laughs> anyway jeremy do you want to preview what we have for next week's movie yeah, next week we're in for a 1930s murder conspiracy when three friends are famed for a murder they witnessed. So we're going to be watching Amsterdam starring Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington. Among others. Among There's a lot. like another <laughs> 20, but those are the three headlining. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, you know, obviously I think we've talked about this on a past episode of the Newsreel and even uh, maybe even on... I don't know some awards, uh, the RK awards. I don't. I forget that we talked about this movie uh, multiple times last season. I'm actually hearing not as great things about this movie, Damn. so I'm going to actually lower my expectations, and maybe I'll enjoy it a lot more than some of the critics are. So um, those are just th- some of the rumblings that I'm hearing. Is that it's uh, just to kind of temper your expectations? Mm, okay, just kind of a warning. Yeah, because there's I didn't, Don't Worry I didn't Darling get any spoilers. and Amsterdam yeah. I really want to yeah. watch. But right. now hearing like meh things, maybe that'll make them better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will mention, since you did mention Don't Worry Darling, uh, our third member of the Weekly Real podcast, Andrea, she's actually seen it. She saw it this past weekend and she's, she said that she liked it. Okay. She gave it a thumbs up. Okay. Yeah. She gave it about the same score i gave avatar so right around the low 2000s so about 20 like the 70 percentage 70 hmm. percent ish range so yeah yeah all that's right that's decent i guess give it a watch especially since uh since uh don't worry darling i think has about a 39 or 40 percent rotten tomatoes i think yeah well so temper your expectations for that yeah yeah <laughs> Maybe I won't really won't like it though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, before we close out this episode, Jeremy, would you like to plug anything? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned uh, my short film, The End of Yesterday. Go watch that on YouTube right now. Uh, it's on Infinite Loop Studios. We'll uh, we'll link the video in the video description or not video description in the episode notes. There you go. <laughs> You're on YouTube your YouTube. <laughs> Hey, I get it. I get it. Sometimes you kind of get that. So like, share, subscribe, do mm-hmm. that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, um, I'm just going to plug my socials just because I'm now I'm actually creating content for the socials at uh, FreeKenA on Instagram and TikTok. I feel like those are the two that I'm by default now more active on. So check out any reels or any TikToks that I do create hopefully in these next uh few days i guess so follow me there um before we close out jeremy though any random final thoughts on avatar that we may have forgotten or have not discussed yet well i was just one i was just gonna say like i'm really glad we watched this movie 
because mm-hmm. if we went into Way of Water and I was thinking that Sigourney Weaver <laughs> and Michelle Rodriguez were going to be in it because I thought they both survived, especially um, Grace. Like, I, it's like, where is she? I guess maybe they didn't want Sigourney Weaver to come back. I don't know. I guess I yeah, was, I'm glad they, we they didn't pay her enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm glad we watched it. Now I'm caught up for Way of Water. Make a proper yeah. like judgment on that movie. Yeah. Well, kind of to add to that, I, I'm very surprised at how little I remembered. I think I, when we were talking after the movie, I think I remembered about 20% of the movie. So in a way, it felt like I was watching Avatar for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed watching it again. I, I'm still not a fan of 3D. It's, I feel like it's a gimmick. Um, not a fan again of the high frame rates and I'm guessing we'll see that again, uh, in a few months for the way of water, but I, I don't know. Uh, I am anticipating it uh, a little bit more and it is nice that Disney did re-release it for suckers like you and I (laughs) who love the movies and are, you know, we mainly watch this movie for the overall experience. And I feel like, again, if you try to watch it on like your phone laptop screen or even just on even a big screen at home it's still not gonna it's avatar is one of those movies that you have to watch on the big screen and i'm glad we really did watch it even, even though we had to pay extra because it was an imax 3 yeah yeah <laughs> see that's how they got you in 2008 or 2009 yeah exactly i'm you know what now looking back on 2000 remember how like oh 3d was gonna be the biggest thing i'm glad it isn't i really am oh heck yeah I didn't like it back then. I still don't like it. Yeah, same, same, same. Well, anyway, Jeremy, dude, it's good to be back in the uh, base, back in the saddle for we're, for the weekly real podcast. Yeah, we're back in the podcast seats. So, and I'm not I'm not back in a dormitory, so we don't have to hear <laughs> yeah. people cursing about I don't know Super Smash. <laughs> Or like rustling, so you hear random loud thuds on the walls. Yeah, yeah, they're not not boys wrestling each other. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, dude, your setup is on point. You, you definitely, you definitely did upgrade. That lighting is, yeah, it's really nice. I'm and obviously, we'll we'll share that on the reels, <laughs> on the reels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, next week. For our second episode of the thing, what is that? Uh, episode seventy-eight. Uh, yeah, I lost track. Seventy-eight. Episode seventy-eight. Stay tuned. Uh, that'll be October seventeenth. We're finally watching our first movie of the season, Amsterdam. It's got a star-studded cast. Um, Jeremy told you what it was. Look it up on IMDb. We're still not sponsored by IMDb, even though we would love to be sponsored by IMDb. We love IMDb. IMDb, you're our favorite. Anyway, we'll see you next time on The Real. <laughs>